on FM, on DAB, and up to date on social media. We are Radio Newark. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. The weather did its best to ruin the sport, but don't panic. We still have the world-famous Weekend Wrap. I'm not going to play the music for two minutes. And it must be a different uh, climate zone at Long Eaton with the football and hockey having a whiteout in Newark. The rugby club's match went ahead. But not an afternoon to remember for the Blues as they went down 28 points to seven. The hockey players also managed to play. And like the rugby players, probably wish they hadn't. The weekend was saved by a merry-go-round. You'll love this one, Mr Smith. Grantham Town has reluctantly agreed that first-team manager Richard Thomas is departing after his short-term contract to pursue an existing opportunity to return to professional football. We are extremely grateful for Richard, not only for his professionalism in managing the first team, but also his assistance in restructuring the club. His last match in charge saw a 2-0 home defeat from second-bottom Workington Town, leaving the gingerbreads without a victory since New Year's Day and less than two hours after that announcement Harrowby United got back to Grantham after credits pulled goalless draw at Aylstone and promptly announced the departure of their management team of Paul Rawdon, Russ Cousins and Brian Franks Move forward 24 hours and the least surprising announcement to come out of Grantham over the weekend and yes it's the gingerbreads we are pleased to announce the exciting appointments of Paul Rawdon and Russell Cousins they will meet all the players on Tuesday, the 5th of February, for training and are both very much up to the task of immediately improving the team's performances. Paul and Russ's first game in charge is a tough game a week tomorrow against league leaders South Shields. And to finish off a wonderful weekend, Nick Anderson has returned to Harrowby for the remainder of the season. And if that wasn't complicated enough, AFC Mansfield and manager Rudy Funk have parted company by mutual consent the balls of course are one point and one place off the bottom of the Evo stick and could well be playing flow serve next season I want to chat to Craig a little bit later on about this merry-go-round what I really do hope is that now Grantham have decided that step six football management can operate in step three, that the rest of the Harrowby players are don't follow suit and end up at the Mears, because Harrowby are having a cracking season, fourth in the table. Don't think they've even conceded the goal for five matches. Um, but like in any standard of non-league football, they ain't Harrowby players, the poor Rawdon's players. Yeah. Um, so are Harrowby going to suffer because of what's happening there Craig will probably know more than what we do on this one um, but on the face of it that to me looks like is what's going to happen I think Craig will also know the name Rudy Funk didn't he play under him he, at, played uh, under, he did play under Rudy Funk and Rudy Funk and AFC Mansfield have sort of had the journey together 
Mm. And um, like anything, it, it it does come to it does come to an end. And Man- AFC Mansfield have been struggling big time this season, and um, that one's been on the cards for an awful long time, really. Yeah, it's this it's, it's a very strange. Uh, merry-go-round that exists in football, isn't it? When when one domino falls, several others seem to follow, and um, that's just another example of the way football seems to go. But yeah. you know, it's um, it will be very very interesting. It's going to be a question to watch this space in in, in Grantham, I think, to see who's playing where by the time next Tuesday arrives. Yeah, I mean, um, I know that Flo Surf played a major part in Grantham's current predicament by signing uh, three of their players three of their star players in Danny Meadows Tom Potts and uh, and Reese Lewis but you know it appears that taking those three out of Grantham has caused well I don't think they've ever recovered from it to be honest this is the, a major cause these guys will be Grantham's fourth manager of the season mm. fourth manager or team of the season which is you know I feel sorry for Speedy because this time last year they was on the crest yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, going back to the first time I ever stepped foot in Nottinghamshire, uh, first time I moved down here was as commercial commercial manager of Grantham Town Football Club. So uh, me and uh, me and Grantham Town go back a long way, and it's, I'm very sorry to see him in the uh, sorry state they're in at the minute. Yeah, let's hope we can get out of it, but let's also hope it's not at the expense of Harrowby. Still to come, Craig Roach, Rob Wideman and Paul Halfpenny. Yes, we have got some hockey. Uh, awful lot of rugby to talk about because after week one of the Six Nations Championships, your predictions have been completely blown out of the window and um, the mighty England look like they're going to walk it. <laughs> <laughs> we will come back to that one in, in, a, in, in a few minutes' time. Oh, dear. Neil Warnock felt... Kiss, kiss of death. <laughs> Neil Warnock thought Emilio Salah was with his Cardiff team as they beat Bournemouth. Bobby Reid's two goals saw Warnock's team secure a 2-0 victory in their first home game since record signing Salah's plane disappeared from the radar over the English Channel. Of course, we now know the plane has been found. Mm. War- Warnock was tearful as he saluted the crowd at the yeah. end of an emotional night at the Cardiff City Stadium. Now, I've got a soft spot for Neil Warnock. Um, he's a throwback to the old-fashioned gaffer, isn't yeah, he? He's probably yeah. the last of the old-fashioned gaffer. I mean, if you only had to lip-read to say what he said about he'll talk to Gary Lineker when he was ready, or to put it... That's another way of putting it. Um, but having said that, an hour before that, he'd got tears in his eyes walking across the pitch. Yes, um, obviously uh, my connection with uh, Neil Warnock goes back a long way as well because um, he featured in the uh, Notts County Glory years when I was doing uh, the uh, Meadow Lane side of the uh, Forest and County column in the advertiser. So uh, we had uh, a lot of dealings. But it's... It, uh, it, 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 it broke my heart watching television on uh, Saturday night when, uh, when when Neil applauded the Cardiff fans and then suddenly brought down. It was, um, you know, it just... He's been going through counselling as uh, several of the Cardiff players have and uh, even though uh, Emiliano was at the club only a very short time, he obviously um, had an impact upon um, the, the Cardiff players and the supporters and I think the Cardiff City Club have been magnificent everybody associated with the club has been magnificent in the way that they've handled it because um, the whole thing was horrific but 
Today's sad news that they've found a plane and uh, there's a body in it, I think is uh, in, in the middle of a horrific situation that gives the family some sort of closure, both David and Emiliano's family. It gives them some sort of closure knowing that now perhaps they can take the bodies and have a, a burial rather than being just left as a, a horrific mystery. They've got to lift it up from 60 p 63 metres first, and that's going to be no mean feat. Yeah, it's, um, it's, 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 it's going to be a salvage operation mm. well worth doing because it brings closure to everybody. It, it, it most certainly does. But, um, um, you know, I mean, as I say, I, I was thrilled to bits that Cardiff City got their victory on, on, on Saturday because um, you could see what it meant to them. And also Nantes in France have been uh, qu quite remarkable in their... Um, appreciation of uh, a guy who was obviously much loved by everybody who met him. Moving on from the sad story to a good news story, really, and... Um, How you going? <laughs> very droll. <laughs> Stewards at sporting events often have to ask supporters to sit down and to temper their excitement. Um, it's all about crowd safety, isn't it? And the stewards are also are always the bad boys, but a Shrewsbury steward had received widespread praise for doing the opposite, helping a disabled Luton fan to his feet to celebrate his team's <laughs> goals. George was guided out of his wheelchair and back in again after each of the away side's goals as the Hatters won 3-0 <laughs> to go six points clear at League One. On behalf of, and on behalf of everyone connected with Luton Town, thank you very much for helping George to join in the celebration, the club um, the club has said. The steward actions have attracted widespread praise from f former Luton and England midfielder Ricky Hill. Wonderful kindness shown by the, the young um, the young stewards. And Shrewsbury also added their approval despite the defeat, leaving his uh, Sam Ricketts side in the relegation zone. Shame he, the steward, had to do it three times, they joked. <laughs> but it's nice. <laughs> That's a lovely story. It's nice. It's, 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 it's a nice story, that one. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I do like that one. Yeah. Um, when I was sort of looking at... Hats off. Egg oh. <laughs> <laughs> when I was looking around these stories and just finding out what, what the heck we could talk about tonight, um, this one amused me as well. It's got nothing to do with sport whatsoever, but it'll pass a couple of minutes. <laughs> um, authorities in Townsville, Australia. Um, this is the town that, that, that's flooded. If you watch the news at all, it, they've had a year's worth of rain in about 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, and they've had to release the, the dam above the town. And, of course... The whole town is flooded. The problem they've got now is not just the flooding, it's crocodiles and snakes <laughs> have been f spotted in the floodwaters in the residential areas. <laughs> Apparently it's a once-in-a-century flood, but crocodiles may be seen crossing the roads, and when flooding recedes, they'll turn up in usual places like swimming pools, farm dams and water holes. Please be careful, the Environment Minister has said. Similarly, snakes are very good swimmers, and they may turn up anywhere unexpectedly. One local resident shared the pictures of a crocodile sitting in shallow water at the end of her father's drive. <laughs> Another was photographed climbing a tree in the flood water. Yeah, righto. Now I know why I don't go to Australia. I've had some very dangerous journeys back from uh, Simo's via Baldo Lake, but it does put things into perspective, doesn't it? Uh, it, it, does, it, it, it does somewhat, yes. <laughs> <laughs> climbing a tree? Um, it, yeah. It, it, <laughs> yeah, OK. All right. Um, Next, that, that, that's... that's 
that's the scariest thing I've heard since I found out Daleks could go up steps these days. <laughs> um, we're going to talk tomorrow night a little bit more, or Wednesday night, because Megan's going to join us on the phone on Wednesday night. The bad boy went all the way to Houston, Texas for his latest glory event, and he won. And as we said last week, mm. that was important. It was important he got a W amongst, amongst all his glory escapades, wasn't it? And uh, that's propelled him into the top ten. Mm. Well, he was already in the top ten, wasn't he? But it wasn't um, ratified because he didn't have that victory to sort of, uh, you know, substantiate his claims. But um, according to Bad Boy, he was already in the top one, wasn't he? Well, he'd <laughs> <laughs> got that sorted out a long time yeah. ago. Once he gets over his confidence crisis, that lad's going to go far, you know. What one you're going to like here is that the band duo of Steve Smith and David Warner will play a huge part in this year's Ashes series against England, <laughs> says current Australian <laughs> captain Tim Payne. Uh, then Captain Smith and his deputy Warner, of course, were banned for years. We did mention once, once or twice. Yeah. Um, they're expected to return to the national side when their suspensions expire next month. I see us going to the Ashes with them having a huge part in us winning the series, said Payne. We know how good they are and hopefully once their bands are up, they'll be welcomed back. These two have got plenty of runs in the bank. Uh, well, I hope that um, <laughs> they're ready for a little bit of sledging from our supporters. Well, you've got to take the rough with the smooth, haven't you? <sighs> Oh, you see, you haven't you haven't lost your touch on that one, have you? <laughs> um, Sports Minister Mims Davis, whoever Mims Davis might be, um, will hold an urgent meeting with the football leaders to try and tackle racism and discrimination in the sport. The football Association, Premier League, Football League, and players' representatives will all meet. Um, to try and sort it out for once. Manchester City forward Raheem Steering was, um, was allegedly racially abused during a Premier match at Chelsea, uh, while the Millwall fans were heard using racist terms um, <sighs> against a Pakistani community officer in the FA Cup game against Everton. Hearts have banned two fans after Motherwell's um, player was racially abused during the Scottish Premiership match in December. <laughs> I've naively thought all this was getting better but it doesn't seem to have changed one iota i think if you've got more than three brain cells it has got better but if we're talking millwall fans then god help us yeah but we're, when millwall fans are concerned the fa are that scared of them they they back off every single time yeah well it's about time the club got thrown out of football i mean chelsea are not a lot better, quite frankly, are they really? I mean, they've responded to offensive songs about Tottenham fans during the Blues European Cup Cup game by saying it shamed the club. End of. It's just um, you know, there's, there's, there are certain clubs that you know you you, you wouldn't cross the road, and um, you know Millwall and Chelsea are, are in that sort of barra as far as I'm concerned. It's a big night for Liverpool tonight. Yeah, because um, that you know. The pressure was supposedly on Manchester City when they got beat by Newcastle, which was only a week ago. Yeah, but it's this, it's, it's just this immediate knee-jerk reaction to every single result, isn't it? But if Liverpool lose tonight, or draw tonight... Liverpool will win 3-0 tonight. And Man City play Everton, and Everton couldn't beat anybody at the moment. Just remember, just remember who brought you Ireland's victory against England first, you know... Yeah, Rob Wardman. West Ham nil, Liverpool three tonight. Who do you want to win the league? Man City or Liverpool? Liverpool. Why? Because, again, I've just always had a soft spot for the club. And, um, you know, the... Um, 
I liked Manchester City when they were in the old third division and they had the bananas and 28,000 used to go to Main Road and sing where and we know we are that's that's the sort of football club that Man City were great now they've got all the sort of millions and millions of petrol dollars from there but Liverpool have always had something about them club of the people and I, I know David Moyes nicked it at the other side of Stanley Park but they're the people's football club of Liverpool and I've, I've always had a tremendous respect for them I, I, to be honest I, I, I never thought I'd hear myself saying this but I, <laughs> I, I, I do rather hope out the two of them it is Liverpool but I'm, I'm not going to say it too often or or too too loud the championship looks good don't it Leeds won Norwich three yeah, I mean, there's nothing you can do about three lucky offside goals. Football can of be so cruel not. at times. Of course not. I, I don't know which training session he watched. Going back to um, Man City's victory over Arsenal at the weekend, apparently it was the perfect Argentinian hat-trick, wasn't it? So, <laughs> so how they, they say. <laughs> right, right foot, head and hand. <laughs> no, I just... Um, you know, uh, See, that's the one thing that's grated me for years. Uh, no, this this Maradona wonder goal. It wasn't a wonder goal. Nobody tackled him. I could have scored the goal if nobody bothered tackling me. You yeah. could have. Yeah. You're taking a bit longer. <laughs> you, you could have scored the goal. <laughs> nobody tackled I, him. I couldn't have run that far. And the other one, he put in with his hand. He's, the man is a blatant cheat. Yeah, it's, 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 it's not to be sniffed at when you talk about Maradona, is it? Exactly, and we both we do both agree on that one. Mr Roach will not be expecting a telephone call tonight, but um, <laughs> he's going to get one, so let's see if he's in. Well, Craig's um, not available at the moment. He's probably reading a bedtime story, thinking he's, av- thinking he's having a week off. If the phone does ring, we'll go to Craig, because I do want his opinion on what's happening at Grantham and... Um, Harabi and of course AFC Mansfield because as Tony actually said he knows personally the AFC Mansfield yeah. um, manager and you know, as if we've got it right he was Craig's manager at um, Renov but yeah. in Craig's absence you will have to talk flow serve well I'm, I'm just very very pleased we've had Mims Davis and and Rudy Funk because without having the report from uh, from Paul Hyde, we've not had any silly names at all, have we? So you know that that kind of covers for the Collingham squad, really. It does, really. I've, I've, oh, I've got a flashing light. Look. Oh, we might uh, we, we might well have have Craig. You want that? And press that green button and see if we've got Mr. Roach on the telephone. Because if we have, is that you, Roach? Yeah? It would seem to be Mr. Roach. Cheers, buddy. Craig, good evening. Good evening, Mick. You see, you thought you was going to have a week a week off because you thought you'd got nothing to talk about. <laughs> I'm a bit late on me bedtime duty. Oh, we did, we did, <laughs> we did say you was probably reading a. Um, have you got Becky down a now? Sto- a story. <laughs> Don't ask questions <laughs> like that on the radio. <laughs> what a question to ask. Um, Craig, I want to. We'll come to flow serve in a minute if you don't mind. But I, yeah. I would suggest you've probably been keeping an eye on um, Grantham, Harrowby, and AFC Mansfield this weekend. Yeah. Um, let's start with AFC Mansfield because you've got a personal connection with Rudy Funk. Yes, yeah, I played for Rudy for, for quite a few years at uh, various different clubs, mainly Renner. Um, um, not, I haven't spoke to him yet. I will do this week, but he's probably uh, a busy man at the minute. But um, yeah, I was quite surprised to see that. But um, I don't think it'll be results-based. I think there's probably something more to it. 
there the, the seems to have been if reading between the lines has been something simmering for a long time hasn't they I think so and I've, uh, last time I saw Rudy I had a coffee with him a couple of months ago and he, he kind of hinted to me that this might be his uh, his last season he was getting tired now you know, he's getting on a bit now bless him um, so whether there was something behind it I don't know it seems strange that it was done on a day when they had a game cancelled so they've obviously had a conversation about something and you know mutually agreed it was out of advertised it anyway that it usually agrees that they're going to part company um, Flow Sir could quite easily be playing AFC Mansfield next season uh, possibly yeah <laughs> possibly it's on the cards if they go down and you go up yeah, but yeah I mean looking back at what they've done is they've been there they've done really well you know so it's changed think, big time from the days of Forest Town hasn't it yeah it's a, it's a big step to uh, to go from the Northern Cats Pro into the Evo State there is a, there is a big golfing class mm. and, uh, I think you've got to be happy to maintain that status for the first year and then look to move on progressively from there. But, uh, yeah, you never know what's got up behind the scenes, but uh, you know, they're a forward-thinking club and I'm sure they'll, they'll look, to, look to keep moving on. Where it leaves Rudy, I don't know whether he's, that's it for him or not, I don't know, but I'll, I'll catch up with him. Too. It'd be a shame because it's one of the, the, the best-known names on the local managerial scene, isn't it? And I can't yeah, believe yeah. that people are not going to be knocking on his door very quickly. Yeah, well, he's words out of mouth. I'm sure he's had numerous phone calls already. Um, you know, with the experience he's got and the uh, contacts he has through through football. Uh, so, uh, I suppose it depends what's right for him now. Some a bit of thinking time and see what he wants to do. Going 14 miles down the road to um, to Grantham, I've sort of sat this weekend and sort of preempted everything that's been going off because it's been fairly obvious what's 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 been yeah. going off. Um, first of all. I don't know if Richard Thomas decided to leave of his own accord or it wasn't working for him because they are three points off a relegation zone. They were beaten by, by second from bottom Workington Town and they haven't won since New Year's Day, so it's not going particularly well. Is it a brave decision for a step three side like Grantham to um, pick up a step six and take a step six manager and insert him into, into that? Or isn't there a lot of difference between the way the clubs will be run? Personally, I don't think it's a brave decision. Um, obviously, I've not got much experience or not at that level, so you know they're they're much better equipped to make that decision. And I'm sure there's a big group of them that have sat down and gone through all the options available to them. But um, you know, the previous two managers, you know, when Richard was assistant at Notts County to um, Kevin Nolan, I don't think he'd had much experience at, at that level managing on his own. Um, before that, as King's Lemon manager was, was in there, you know, and they both come in and struggle to, uh, to have an effect on on the on the side. So I think um, something I put I know Paul well. Um, he's a friend of ours, um, Kirky and mine. Um, you know, he's got a lot of experience in the game. Yes, at uh, but I think that would be up. I'm not sure if it's step five or step six. Um, I think the step six are the same as what you are because they're in mm. the equivalent. Um, Yosiel, yeah. if they get promotion, then they go to five. Yeah, but um, you know, Paul's um, you know he's got a lot of experience. His football's his, his life, pretty much. And I'm really pleased for him on a personal note that he's got an opportunity to to go for a bigger club. Because nine out of ten, nine times out of ten, bigger clubs do often go for somebody with professional experience or football league experience, or at least somebody that's managed at Evo stick level. So it's nice someone else to get an opportunity and I, and I hope he can I'm sure there's data out there you, and I hope they can prove him wrong he can prove him wrong 
what will happen I'm, I'm, obviously you, you can't answer this so it's unfair to ask you but most footballers at step six and higher play for the manager rather than play, than play for the club um, am I, I'm sitting here now expecting an exodus from Harrowby which would be a shame for Harrowby yeah, unfortunately, um, that's the nature of the game. But to be honest, um, you know, Araby and Grantham are at totally different levels. Um, you know, it's not for me to say, but I don't know how many lads that, that are there. It'll be uh, good enough for Paul to take with him to Grantham. Um, so, and then it depends whether Araby as a club and the new manager can hang on to them existing players or he's going to bring his own in. So, Well, the new man, of course, is Nick Anderson. Right, well, I'm not sure that I'm not kept up with that. That one's been yeah. announced this afternoon that he's doing it. He's come back yeah. um, until the end of the season. Yeah, so there you go. That's down to Nick then. So, like I say, if he can uh, hold on to them players that obviously Paul probably brought the majority of them into the club. Um, I'd be surprised if Paul took too many of them to, to Grantham, to be honest. How annoying is it, Craig, that um, you're going to have to wait two weeks since that home defeat by Radford did you want to get out there on that Tuesday night and get back to winning ways or is this enforced rest being on the not bad for the players because the aches and the pains can heal up a little bit yeah it's been frustrating because we wanted to get straight back at it and then put it put it behind us and move on um, so yeah the Tuesday against Renner and obviously the last Saturday just against singles it's frustrating for us we want to we're keen to get playing um, you can always look at it the other way around like you say and lads have had a rest and any aches and pains you've got have kind of gone away and we've had a few weeks to work on things but um, no, we, mean we just want to get playing that's what we uh, work for every week so it's disappointing when you when your match is off but uh, you know, that's part, part and parcel of it we're lucky at the minute we've only had two so I'm hoping that'll be it now and we can and get past the weather and get playing again We're going to have to wait until um, until the weekend yeah. Um, when Graham Street Prims visit Lowfields and I think that's the first time they've ever been to Lowfields possibly I'm not sure um, I've not looked into that one but yeah quite quite easily be yeah I can never one, remember so. coming across them in the past no mid table nothing to play for for them apart from enjoying playing football and I suppose sometimes that could be harder than coming up against a team that is playing for something because they can just go out and with no pressure yeah, there's that. Um, I think one of the one of the issues, no, not an issue. One of the things you have to deal with is when you when you're at the top of the top end of the table is, uh, I say, when you get a mid-table club or any any club that, that come to you, you know, they've got a bit more of an incentive to go out and achieve something. They want, you know, they want to take points off us. You know, if it's a mid-table against a mid-table and both teams have got nothing to play for, it, it can often be like that. But um, I'm sure they'll come with more meaning because they're coming towards us and they'll want to put a bit of a dent in our aspirations, so to speak. So, well, you know, things change quick. Man, there's a lot of managers changing, changing hands this time of year at different clubs and players moving around. So, you know, they've always got a point to prove, and I'm sure they'll be coming with the intention to uh, take points off. Let, let's hope that uh, the weather forecast for this weekend is correct. If it is, then we're going to have a full weekend of, of sport, and you can get back to doing what you best at Lowfields and um, getting three points because Absolutely. your biggest opponents have got a fairly tricky match against Clifton so um, we'll see um, 
we'll see what happens so let's get back to playing football this weekend and the other reason I hope we get back to playing football this weekend is it might stop my colleague here whinging about he's got a room full of programmes that's not being used <laughs> my heart bleeds it really does Craig um, we'll talk to you next Monday and hopefully next Monday we'll be off to talk about flow serve and a flow serve victory I hope so thanks Craig Thank good night cheers. bye that was Craig Rokeson he's done his bedtime duties and is talked <laughs> to us um, next up is um, Mr Rob Wardman but that's straight after a few headlines England players are desperately frustrated after fo- after falling in another crushing defeat to the West Indies to lose the series, says Captain Joe Root. The tourists collapsed from 35 for no wicket to 132 all out on Saturday as the West Indies won the second test by 10 wickets. Hmm. We'll talk about that one on Wednesday night, I think. Um, they lead it 2-0, of course, and uh, it's a three-match series. Work that one out. West Indies captain Jason Older will miss the final test against England after being banned from international cricket um, for one match. The all-rounder will, su- will su- serve his suspension because of his side's slow over-rate in the 10-wicket win. They won it with two and a half days to spare. So what the West Indies fans are not going to see now and what the English fans are not going to see now is somebody who's averaging 114.5. Yep, that's good for cricket, isn't it? Crazy. I mean, it's crazy, Tony. You know, I mean, the man's in the form of his life, so he gets banned for a slow overrate. Yeah, it's, um... It's, it's, it's in... It's in the it's, it's in the laws, so you have yeah, to uh, yeah, you know, yeah. go along with it as as an umpire. You know, it's, it's, in, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Trust you to side up with the umpires. Well, not, you, you, right, you, 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 you have to do stop, that. Right, Rob Wardman. Let's, um, we need to talk rugby. So if you can do your your honours, while well, I tell you that Sergio Aguero's 14th hat trick for Manchester City. Um, not only closed the gap on the Premier League leaders to two points after the victory over Arsenal, he's scored nine hat-tricks since any Manchester United player scored a hat-trick. The last Man United player to score a hat-trick in the Premier League was Robin Van Persie. Now, how many years ago was that? And Aguero's got nine since that day, and he's only one hat-trick now behind the great Alan Shearer. Anything I've got against, against him at the moment... He's got a silly hairstyle. Why on earth did he have that hairstyle? What Mr. Smith's sort of looking through the window instead of making his phone call to tomorrow night. Um, we've got a young man that broke the mold. He wants to play netball. Absolutely nothing wrong with that whatsoever. He wants to play netball. The authorities, of course, Mr. Smith's favourite authorities, won't let him. It, um, so he's gonna he's gonna come in and and have a chat to us. And on Thursday night, we're going to be talking to a young man who's a British champion at speed skating. And um, he comes from Bleasby, so he's not too far away from Newark, so he's going to have a lot to talk about. So youngsters on Tuesday night and on Thursday night, and a pair of golden oldies on Wednesday night. Have a look at our new picture, by the way, on Wednesday, when it goes onto the on, on, onto social media. The youngest-looking reporters in town. Yes? Mr. Lyman. Yes, we have Mr. Wardman. Rob, good evening. Evening, Mick. Evening, folks. Um, they do say, don't they, that, you know, while footballers look out the window and it looks um, cold and wet and all and snow and all those things, you lot play. You probably wish you'd never bothered going to Long Eaton, but um, you did, so tell us all about it. <laughs> Is the line OK? It's crackling. We're a bit crackly tonight, but don't worry about it. We'll be all right. OK. Now, um... 
I'm not going to get into the, into the debate over whether rugby players are, you know, harder or softer than footballers. <laughs> but we'll, we'll move on. Somehow, somehow the, uh, the pitch at Long Eaton was playable. It was perfectly playable in, in good conditions. They didn't quite have the same amount of frost as we had over at Newark. Uh, and perhaps we didn't go with quite the right attitude thinking perhaps the game was going to get postponed I don't know, we didn't make a very good start uh, we were quickly 7-0 down um, again we had one or two injuries during the game which is a, a little bit worrying um, how the season's unfolding we, we lost uh, Mason Coolan very early on uh, he had started in the back row he's been one of our more consistent forwards this season and has done very well he went off after about 10 minutes we had another reshuffle and we got, we got back into the game in the first half. Uh, they turned around 14-0 up at half-time. Uh, and then we had the advantage of the, quite a stiff wind uh, and the best of the conditions in the second half. Started well in the second half. Uh, and we got a penalty try midway through the second half, 14-7. And it looked as though we, we would get something out of the game. And, and we, were, we were pressing. We opted not to kick one or two penalties, opted for the, the line-out ploy in the corner and, and couldn't quite turn the screw to get another try um, to, to get back on even terms. And then we lost then, crucially, um, after they had a man back in. They were down to 14 men at one stage. They got back to, to a full 15 and, and, and they pulled away in the last 10 minutes, scored, scored two tries, which really gave them slightly a flattering win but they took their chances, we didn't, and it was 28-7 and at end of the day, so it's our poorest performance um, in 2019. Yeah, that's a good one, I like that one, yes. It's, uh, um, am I right in saying you've not got a game this weekend? We're re- the first team are resting, mm. um, the second should be at home to Sutton Bonington, 2.15 kick-off, clubhouse open, uh, Six Nations on the TV. <laughs> um, and then the, the first are back in action a week on Saturday at home to Loughborough 3pm kickoff under the Kellam Road floodlights oh I say that's how it should be ok that takes us very nicely if to I just mention before we get into the Six Nations stuff <laughs> and I, I wipe all the egg off my face not, um, not mentioning that don't worry there was a brave band of under 13s Friday night they had a bit of a schools festival part of a new initiative put together by our youth official led by Alan Staines and, and people, Richard Byram and Jed Chappell and Alex Clack, they've been coaching uh, various under 13 groups at, at various schools um, this season and we had about 40 under 13s down on Friday night um, so it, it's good to see um, a, new, a new initiative and um, they show plenty of character in uh, turning out on a, a pretty cold Friday night <laughs> a very cold Friday night. Um, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't venture down. No. Here we go then. Um, start on Friday night with France against Wales. <clears throat> There's certainly a tale of two halves. Um, question one to you is, is: is what the heck happened at half time? And um, question two: um, there is some debate if George North is now the third or the fourth highest try scorer in the Six Nations. But there's no debate who, who numbers one and two are. So that's what you need to tell me without looking on the internet. One and two. Oh, you've got me there, Mick. I'll have to think about it. Um, one and oh, it's, it's Shane Williams. These two. And the top try scorer will be oh crikey, it's not Shane Williams uh, in the Six Nations. Yes. Um, well, I'm not in front of the computer because I've had to walk around the house to get a ba- better signal. So, um, can we leave that with me? Yes. Yep. 
Okay. You can think on that one. Let's go back to um, what the heck happened at half-time. No, it was remarkable, wasn't it? You know, watching the game on TV, it was a very wet night in Paris. It, it seemed a thoroughly miserable night. Um, I, I think... No idea what happened. What was said at half-time... Um, Wales got an early try back, didn't they, in, in the second half? And you know, France gifted them, gifted them the try when North sped onto the ball, and, and their fullback uh, um, blundered. Heck, you know, it was really a try, a try from nowhere, really. Even though North had um, obviously made ground and, and, and anticipated that there might be that slip up, but you, you would never have dreamt there was going to be that slip up. Uh, and then obviously France got back in the lead. I, th- I thought Wales did the. The one big trick Wales did was bringing the the, the halfbacks on uh, in bigger Dan bigger at fly half and Gareth Davis at scrum half. They were much you know very experienced players. Anscombe who had started at fly half didn't really he, he had to play in the worst of the conditions. But I thought that was a good a good, a good tactical stroke of uh, of Gatland and Co. Um, and then obviously France having got ahead again, um, you know they gave another try away with that r- ridiculous pass, miracle ball. Um, and if you've been a regular note watcher this season, you know, we've, we've thrown a few miracle balls ourselves this, this <laughs> season, so it, it must be a fashion in rugby, but um, ten minutes from full time and you're ahead, uh, my, my word, it was a, uh, for a poacher like North, it, it was an absolute gift. The um, missed kicks in the first half certainly come back to haunt them. It didn't seem it mattered at half time, but at the end of the day, those missed kicks become very important. Oh, yes. No, France, heck, if you've been a French supporter, you would have been kicking yourself, really. You know, to lead twice, lead what was 16 0 half time, um, yes, they should have, they should have uh, closed the game out, usually, uh, to get so far ahead. Again, there was another stat over the weekend, wasn't it? Was it the, only the second or third? It was a. There's some stat about how you know how far Wales had come back. It was sort of their greatest ever comeback. So uh, yeah. it, was, it, was, it was the statisticians. Um, um Feast was Friday night. Yeah, I think it's the oldest cliche in uh, the Six Nations that um, you never know which which France is going to turn up. But I, th- I think on, fr- on on Friday night, you didn't know which uh, France was going to turn up in either of the forty minute sessions, did you? No, no. They're in the game. The team's ever changing. Then, um, then we move on right. to magnificent England. The best comment seen so far is the Vinopola brothers carrying like bulldozers and felling men like human chainsaws. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever doubted Eddie Jones, what a game plan. And um, how long do we talk about the mistake by Rob's one to watch? <laughs> Jacob Stockdale. Yes, that, 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 that's my notes. <laughs> Ha, <laughs> ha, well, Rob. Obviously, I, I put, put the Indian sign on him last Monday, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the Wildman kiss of death. I got Wildman kiss of death. And then, um, <laughs> obviously, I, I totally tipped the wrong winner there. Um, I think most pundits thought that uh, Ireland would be too strong for England and, and would continue their glorious run. But, you know, England came out, played very, very well, started well. Again, I often think how games change and, and sort of, uh, unfold on early momentum in England, throwing that the long line out at the first line that which, which Talangi, you know, caught, set up the rook, and that from that attack they scored the first try. And from, from there, England, although Ireland had a short, I think Ireland led for a short period. Um, England were in the game and um, set themselves up, and obviously there's some great performances. This was Eddie Jones back to his brilliant best. 
we, you know, he's won back-to-back Six Nations, so people were people were uh, getting a bit excited Sunday morning, saying it was, you know, England's greatest big performance since the 2003 World Cup. Well, you know, they, they forget the uh, the back-to-back Six Nations triumph we had, uh, and even um, good old John Wells and Newark fame and the quarter-final victory over Australia in 2007. So, you know, that's a bit of history, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me a bit about Henry Slade. I understand he plays for Exeter, which I anything West well, Country did, I'm keen yeah, on. I did, I did flag him up last you week. You did, I? yes. Yes, so I think we'll have that one in the bag. <laughs> um, he's been, you know, he's a, he's a player growing in confidence. Um, it, you know, he was always a wonder boy. Um, a local Exeter lad has come through the system, and um, you know, good good luck to him. And he's now flourishing at um, outside centre. Um, they've got Manu back. Um, you know, he's in the mix. He can play fly half. He can play centre. And you know, he took his two tries very well on on, on Saturday. England still got to go to Wales, though, haven't they? Yes. I mean, it's um, that's almost now should be the decider. It could let Ireland back in, of course, but uh, you would expect the winner of Wales against. Um, where do Wales play Ireland? Do Wales have to go well, to the last, the last game of the championship is, uh, is Wales-Ireland in Cardiff. So Wales have got the... England and the Ireland. plus on the draws, hence, haven't they? Hence why someone said last, last Monday night, Wales might win the championship if they beat France. They did say it, and that, that has been noted as well. <laughs> um, and finally, I've got the, the, the jocks scrape past it, Italy in the contest for the wooden spoon. I've got, I've got a question here for Tony. What's that? Well, it, 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 you know, he says he's Scottish. Can he name <laughs> the last Scottish player to score a hat-trick? Um, and it's so long ago, it wasn't in the Six Nations, it was in the Five Nations. The last Scottish player to score a hat-trick in either the Five Nations or the Six Nations. No. Well, <laughs> that's, well that's just honest, isn't I, it? I, honest thought, I thought about that long and hard, Rob, and no. It, I wouldn't... It, Iwan Tuckalo, 1988 or something, yeah. Bill McLaren era, he would have been... Yeah, Bill, it was probably Bill's godson or something. <laughs> they would have, have been dancing in the streets of Hoyt that night. They would have been dancing somewhere. So yes, they, they were. <laughs> anyway, come on then, finally, the highest try scorer in the history of the Six Nations, or Five Nations, whatever you want to call it. Uh, is it a Frenchman? No! Englishman? No! Is it never Welshman? No! Oh, Driscoll? Yes! Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> that was a method of deduction, wasn't it? I went round the country thinking desperately, yes. Yeah. Rob, um, as, as, as our uh, mis, mi, Mr Rugby, is it fair to say that it, that it all went pear-shaped for Scotland when they brought the Newcastle lads on, do, do you think? Um that's a loaded question <laughs> and, and we'll move on that's the question yeah. I, think, I think it'll be a very good game next Saturday Scotland <laughs> v Ireland at Murrayfield um, oh dear I I'm praying for snow I think if Scotland as Jonathan Davis said yesterday if, if Scotland could get um, some decent ball and Ireland don't stifle it then you know the Scots do have a, have a back line that does excite and obviously uh, Finn Russell the man we, you know, we have talked about in the past um, was at his very best on Saturday but yeah. that was against an Italian team with Scotland on the front foot so we'll have to see how again Scotland are at home uh, they've had a good win it's time to deliver boys and that's something that they don't often do <laughs> same with all Scottish sport Rob we'll, t- <laughs> we'll talk next week <laughs> yes yeah, so Rosenberg uh, next Saturday our second should be at home 
2.15 kickoff against Sutton Bonington and uh, Clubhouse Open for Six Nations action. Brilliant. Thanks, Rob. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So you're thinking to yourself, you know, hockey was another sport that's pretty much been ruined over the weekend by um, by the weather and Paul's not going to have a lot to talk about and he's going to be a little bit grumpy because he had to spend um, the weekend at home. And then we find out today that Lindby School, that's Lindby at Mansfield, who Paul does a little bit of coaching, have once again qualified for the Midlands Schools final for the second time. And when I make a big fuss about that and make a big fuss about it for one simple reason it's a little village school and the big all the big boys again paul good evening you must be well chuffed good evening yeah yeah i am it's um it, it was quite interesting i've got two schools there this time i've got a little kirkby woodhouse there which isn't just a little school it's quite a big school but um they're new to hockey that they thought they'd give it a go there's an experience and uh they came forth but good old Limby, they came uh, they came second and qualified, but they only came second on goal difference. They didn't concede a goal all day. That's not bad going, is it? It's absolutely brilliant, and I, I'm, I found out afterwards that the goalkeeper was ill. He won't be in school tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got a, a Midland Schools final to look forward to again? Absolutely. I do believe I think it's in Beeston this year, so not a great big trip out to Cannock. Oh, the kids would love that, bus, bus trip out to Cannock. Ah, well, well, I drive down on my own, so it doesn't really matter to me. <laughs> um, not the best of weekends, a couple of matches played, a couple of hammerings, um, well, not worry about it too much. Is that about pretty much the case? Yeah, yeah, I, I could foresee that happening with the, um, with the over-35s women. Um, well, you did say those playing, very... was it a National League side or something? Yeah, yeah, they're their they're first team play National League. Um, been a very, very strong club for years and years. I think they broke through International League about, what, five, six years ago, bobbed up and down. But they, they seem to be well established now in um, in the North Conference, National League North. Um, and, of, of course, now, with the, uh, the extra leagues going in, extra National Leagues going in, I think they're their future's set in stone now at National League so a very very strong club um, and I knew it was going to be tough knew it was going to be tough it would have been nice if they could have pulled it off but I think it was a bridge too far as they say exactly but uh, never mind hopefully this weekend um, closer games and a full and a full hockey schedule I'll come back to that in a minute I want to just mention um, the British Olympic gold medalist Sophie Bray who's announced her retirement from international hockey at the age of 28 now, reading the report, um, she's nicknamed the Baby-Faced Assassin. <laughs> so I wondered which one of your hockey ladies' first team <laughs> is the Baby-Faced Assassin. Um, well, I, I suppose it's, it's different people to, you know, what, what other people think. So I'm assuming that Tony Smith thinks it's Sally. Um, <laughs> I didn't say babyface, just assassin. <laughs> <laughs> um, after a comment like that, you might be next on the list. Um, uh, I, I don't know. Um, 
that's a tough one. That's a tough okay, one. Let, let, let's just play a bit of history now. Let me g go back to the all-conquering ladies team that when I first sort of come onto the scene that I, I, I know and love and love watching and reporting on and cup finals and things like that. And we, <laughs> Tony and I both went to the spring house for the celebration drinking sat <laughs> and sat in the corner scared stiff. Who, who was your assassin in that team? Oh, Jenna Goff. <laughs> <laughs> you see, now that wasn't difficult. <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> <laughs> Easiest question of the night, that, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I, th I think, uh, just giving me a chance to uh, to think about it, I think it's got to be Hannah Lawton. I think a little Hannah Lawton, just a little schoolgirl, but she, oh, crikey. <laughs> uh, she, she's one of those players that, that, that uh, she can go in really, really hard. And she's so tenacious that you, you can't you can't get rid of her. So Hannah Lawton, you are the baby-faced assassin of, of, <laughs> of the team. Um, Sophie Bray, you retiring? Is that uh, a great loss for English hockey? Uh, Forty-four thing. goals in one hundred and thirty-four appearances. Uh, um, European European gold and, and an Olympic title. She hasn't had a bad career, has she? Oh, it's amazing. I, I think she's retired too early herself. I don't know if there's any underlying reason why. I've not read into it, but. Um, I saw it announced earlier, and I thought, oh dear, you know, it is. <laughs> and, and you're right there, babyface. She doesn't look 28, does she? And she didn't break into the team, I don't think, till till quite late on. But she's been amazing. She's been absolutely amazing for Great Britain and for England. And uh, it, it, it's a massive loss. It's a massive loss for for England and Great Britain, in my opinion. Um, hopefully, we're going to get back to playing hockey this weekend. Hopefully. New being new though, <laughs> ladies first team have rather a lot of issues now. We don't we, we we're struggling for players. Right, that's not so good. No, so away at Kettering, I know we're still trying to get a few more. But I think we're too short for this weekend's game at the moment, unless that's been filled now. Um, and then it comes to the um, half term week, and well. I, I, I'm, I'm rather hoping that we've got a few third teamers registered to play in the first team. It's going to be that bad. Right. Well, that's put me back on a downer. I thought it wasn't until then. <laughs> so, so we're all praying for snow. I think over half term. Right. Well, let's get this week. No, is it half term week the sixteenth? No, it can't snow then. I'm at the rugby club. It can't snow that weekend. Okay. I've got a freebie dinner. Well, you still have your dinner. You're not eating in the snow, are you? Well, that's true. <laughs> Who's bothered about watching the rugby? Don't tell Rob Wildman. Mick might be. <laughs> Mick might be. <laughs> Paul, as ever, a pleasure. Likewise. Thank you so much, and we'll catch up with you again next week. Okie dokie. Thanks, Paul. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You see, Tony, we've got through all but for four minutes on one rugby match and two hockey matches. Yeah, but... <laughs> The, at seven o'clock when we started, there wasn't a contract on my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, walk, you walked into that one. Um, the FA Trophy draw today, it's got to the quarter-final stage. OK, after last weekend, there's still games to be played, but uh, Brackley, who actually won it last year, much to everybody's shocker at home to Leighton Orient, who was a top mm. of the National League favourite. The game that caught my eye is... Stockport County will play Salford City or oh, Maidenhead. Oh, 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 now, you'd expect oh. Salford to beat... Oh, Maidenhead, so wow. Stockport against Salford. You can just about throw a stone between the two, can't you? Yeah, they'll probably throw a few of them. Um, so, um, our, our, our very good friend Dave Hurstfield, I've got no doubt, will be um, eulogising over our good Stockport county. He's the only person I know that can remember when they was in the league. 
Oh, police leave cancelled. Oh, yes. Mm. So, um, Stockport against Salford. If they can beat Maidenhead, Stockport against Salford. That, that's one of the matches that that's uh, a beauty. that you look forward to, isn't it? Oh, it, it, it certainly is. And it's the Vars quarterfinals as well. Um, I've heard of that competition. Yes. So, so they didn't get in it, did they? No. Um, it's um, step four, five, and six, and a few seven in there. So you expect a step four sides to to come through, and it. Uh, Canterbury against Biggleswade. Um, <laughs> Biggleswade's only been going about six years in the guys are on now, so they're doing well. Um, Hebburn or West Auckland, which is the Northern League yeah, sides yeah. left in it, because they always do well against Erlen, which I think is Manchester Way or, or Chertsey Town. Um, the closest... I think it's so sad that there's nobody anywhere near here, yeah. you know, left in it, that's, and that's sad. Um, the, the closest one we had was Deep in Rangers, which is between Spalding and Peterborough, really, yeah. and they went um, down to the West Country with Willard Rovers, who actually cleared all the snow, worked overnight, got the job done, and um, won, it, won a cracking match by three goals to two in front of 700 and odd people, which, on the, you know, you think about it, you no doubt are going to tell me, Flo, so they've got 600 odd for a league match. Mm. So, I wonder what they would get for a Vars fourth-round match. I've got a bit of... Uh EMCL news for you. Good, you've got oh, one and a half minutes. One game at the weekend, Barrow, uh, sorry, ba yes, Barrow Town versus Arnold Town. One game in the e EMCL. Attendance 36. Well, that was quite brave for a 36, I would have thought, but... Mm. Um, and in an 11-0 scoreline, which, yeah. ro which rather puts the um, mockers on Arnold Town's recent... Um, Recent re recent revival. First they over there in a couple of weeks' time, aren't they? Yeah, sixteenth of uh, February. Sixteenth of February. Week on Saturday we're at Arnold Town, so we'll see if they've uh, recovered from that. Well, you know, who knows? All we need this weekend is is let's get some sport back on, and and then we'll we'll build it from there, shall we? But uh, we don't want many more non-sporting weekends tomorrow night, as I was telling you. Harrison Fletcher is our studio guest tomorrow night, the boy that's breaking the mould. Um, he wants to play netball. Why shouldn't he play netball? Um, and the authorities have actually been convinced of the fact that he should play netball. Um, Wednesday night, it's just me and thee, which is probably going to be a rerun of tonight, so we'll just put a pre-record on it <laughs> and do that. And um, Freddie Polak is here on Thursday night. He's 12 years old and he's a British champion speed skater. Well, he won't be worried about the weather, will he? He won't worry about no. the weather. He's perfect. Um, but until then, until tomorrow night, with Harrison, we're going to say bye-bye. Bye-bye!